Hello everyone and welcome to It's More Than Nutrition, a podcast by Coaching by Alice with me, your host, Alice. You should be used to that by now, as we are now on episode four. Um, so, how are you? How has your week been? Well, two weeks really. I am good. I am just chilling on a Friday night and we are going to talk about unconditional permission to eat. It's an interesting one because it tends to scare people. And I remember that it very, very much, very, very, very much scared me as well. Um, (laughs) Because you would think that actually allowing yourself, because unconditional permission to eat, right, is just allowing yourself all foods. And immediately, as we seem to like to do these days, we have to go to an extreme. And therefore, allowing yourself foods is just a constant cheat day. And you know how much I hate the word cheat. Um, But it's that kind of mentality. So what is it not? It is not a free-for-all. It is not just eating chocolate and cake with no thought on the impact of your health. You know, like on your sleep and on how um, your body feels and your body looks. And your ability to train. I mean, if you've ever tried to train when you've, you know, gone out for dinner and gone to town... Yeah, it's not good. Or if you've ever binge eaten, like, and you try and it's just very lethargic. Yeah, your body doesn't like it, doesn't want it. Anyway, obviously, that is individual to everyone. I'm not saying that is definitely you, but it is definitely individual. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Unconditional permission to eat. So what is it? What is it not? How can you support yourself with it? But it's just... It's a key part in, I hate saying healing, but it's a key part in kind of improving your relationship with food because whilst you don't allow yourself certain foods or certain food groups, you are restricting. And you know what it's like, as soon as you can't have something that you want, it's all you want. And if you want chocolate... You know, you see all these things on Instagram where it's like, if you have chocolate, eat kale instead. No. If you want chocolate, you want chocolate. So you can go out and try and eat everything else, all the diet foods, and by diet food, I mean cucumber, 0% fat yogurt. Not that there's anything wrong with these things, but it's the intention behind why you're eating it. So if you're trying to eat cucumber and you really want chocolate, guess what's going to happen? you're probably going to end up going all out on chocolate and everything else. Because if you keep avoiding the food you actually want and trying to fill that satisfaction with something else, it kind of is never going to work. I know you've done it. (laughs) Because I have. So just have a moment. That's what I was doing then. I was just thinking about all the times I've done it. Have a moment. Because how many times has that happened to you? Yeah. Okay, so it is not a free-for-all. That is not what unconditional permission to eat is or allowing yourself all foods. Those two terms can be used interchangeably and I will, when we're discussing it now, that is what I will use interchangeably. So allowing yourself all foods, how do you do that? Well, it starts with your language. So if you say, I've eaten 
really good foods today or no, I can't eat that because that's a bad food. You're placing moral value on that food. And when you do that, you're actually placing moral value on yourself because say that if you think about it, right, if you're saying that's a bad food and then you eat the bad food, that bad transfers to you. So you're a bad person. So you're judging yourself. And then it becomes, oh, you know, fuck it, I may as well. I've just ruined my diet anyway, which is the abstination violation effect, right? So language around foods. If you've got kids as well, this is super, super important. And I'm sure that you want them growing up in a healthy environment. So just really check yourself with your language. When you're saying stuff like good, bad, cheat, all those kind of things, really check yourself on it and go, no. It's not good. All food is neutral. When we say neutral, it's kind of in the middle. It's not good. It's not bad. Because if you think about it, all foods nourish in different ways. So if you're going out, I'm going to say food and drinks. So if you're going out with a girlfriend who you haven't seen for ages and you're going to go and have a burger or share some fries and have a cocktail. Like I did that last weekend. We had mojito and fries and it was great. And that nourished me from a point of it tasted really good and the mojito is really good. But it's just kind of the food nourishes you in a different way. So you have these, like my friend calls them, um, you can have like soul foods, for example. But that doesn't mean that you're going to eat all those foods. But it's like a salad, for example, might nourish you by you look and you see the nutrients and all the color, all the vitamins that are there, whole grains really high in fiber and they'll fill you up as well and they've got carbs so they're going to give you energy that's even something you can do you can look at your food and go what are you going to give me now you know and all the different colors like it's really and that makes you really appreciate it as well to be honest um but all foods nourish you in different ways because when you're having your fries with your girlfriend and you're laughing away and it tastes really good that's also nourishing you So just think about it from a perspective of having food neutrality. I do have, if you go to my website, coachingbyalice.com, and you go on resources, I actually have a food neutrality worksheet. And what it's trying to do with that is actually balance out. And so you actually find examples of, you put down the foods that you see as good and bad, and then you can actually give examples of why it's neutral. So what, how is it nourishing you? And it isn't just about vitamins or fiber like it's not just about the nutritional value that's what I'm looking for (laughs) it's not just about the nutritional value of foods and also the other piece is when you allow all foods you actually take the power away of that food so think about it if you love ice cream if you know you can have ice cream whenever you want it do you think you're going to want it all the time Now, you might do in the beginning, but I promise you, you will soon get sick of it. I actually used to work in a chocolate, um, on a chocolate counter, Fortnum Mason in London. That's where I worked on my gap year. And I worked behind the chocolate counter. (laughs) And whenever you drop one or you touched it or whatever, like you, we always had bags at the end that we couldn't sell. And I got so sick of chocolate. I actually worked... Um, in chocolate product development as well somewhere else but I got so sick of chocolate 
like you do get to a point where you're like I can have this all these chocolate truffles all this stuff like I can have it whenever like and you do it takes a long time like don't get me wrong it took me a while but it works and yeah not having food rules as well so this is part of allowing all foods so not having food rules so for example cutting out bread cutting out pasta most likely it tends to be carby heavy type foods and that's probably because of how they fill out your stomach because people think oh I must have an intolerance to gluten or I must have like it's like no it just it's just that's what feeling that's what full is so I'd really challenge yourself on some of those beliefs you have around those foods and actually cutting out again cutting out food groups if you say you can't have something you're going to want it there's other food rules which are not eating at a certain times. So for example, you might not eat after six or you might not eat breakfast. If you don't eat breakfast, and don't get me wrong, some people genuinely don't like eating breakfast. But if you are skipping breakfast so you can eat more at night, really be honest and challenge your thinking on that. Because that I see that a lot. And it's only actually when people look back in hindsight and go, I was actually skipping my uh, skipping breakfast so I had more calories to overeat on at night. Which is sit on the sofa and eat the chocolate and the ice cream and allow that to happen, whether it's a binge or not, like, but just allowing that behavior. So yeah, really have a look at, are you not, are, are you skipping meals or are you not eating foods at certain times? Like having a cut off like 6 p.m. or, or completely not having breakfast to allow yourself to have, to um, in a way to limit yourself. And then limiting your calorie intake as well is another one. So you're only going to eat 1200 calories. That's a food rule. I know, but it is. <laughs> like if you just allowed yourself to eat more, what would happen? You might be surprised that you're not going to, you know, you're not going to suddenly gain 10 kilos overnight just because you're eating more. You're probably going to move more as well. But anyway, um, exploring foods is one really amazing way. So it's part of uh, intuitive eating is one of the steps. Uh, sorry, exploration is one of the steps in intuitive eating. And if you have been a chronic dieter and you've eaten a lot of like diet foods or foods that you've been told are good for you or healthy. And like I said about the, you know, diet ice cream, for example, you know, like Halo Top or other brands are available. Like, do you even like the food that you're eating? Like, have you ever really sat down and, and there's, there's um, something called the Mindful Raisin, which you can send me a message and I'll send, I'll send you the worksheet, but you can just Google Mindful Raisin. Do you actually really like what you're eating? And that's what it does. That's a great little worksheet. And I have had clients who are like, and I've known it with myself too, that I sit there and I go, I don't even like this. Or I really like this. Food. Like, I love a salad. I had no idea that I loved salad because I just thought it was a diet food that I ate when I was trying to lose weight. And you never know, unless you try, yeah, actually don't know. Um, are you having fats in your food? That's a lot, another thing that people cut out. Explore that because that actually gives you satiation. So it, it kind of satisfies you. And you can do all of it and try different foods, right? So, um, Try lots of different things that you wouldn't necessarily eat, but just be open-minded to it to actually find out the foods that you like and the foods that you don't like. If you are 
really struggling with the old adage of can't have food in the house because I'll overeat on it. Getting rid of it. Like if you have a decent relationship with food, like I've just got a client that's actually removed something from her house, but she's got a good relationship with food. So if you have a good relationship with food, you don't need to have, you know, your trigger food. So you know those foods that you know if you have one, you're going to overeat on it. You don't need to have those in the house if you have a good relationship with food. It's fine. You know you're, 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 it doesn't make any difference. But if you are avoiding them, can't have them in the house, like I would challenge you to, are you never going to eat that food again? Like bread. We'll use bread as an example. Are you never going to have bread in your house ever again? Like you get married, you've got kids, they're never going to have toast. So it's something that really avoiding it isn't actually helpful. So what can we do that is helpful? There's something called exposure therapy and it's a way to eat your, we call them trigger foods, eat your trigger foods in a way that is planned and controlled. So you have exposure to it in a controlled way. So, for example, you would plan it if it's chocolate. Well, actually, no. We'll go back to the bread, right? Losing my train of thought. We'll go back to the bread. Have your lunch and then have like half a piece of toast or a piece of toast after your lunch or after your dinner or have it for breakfast. doesn't really matter. Just plan it into your day every single day for a week. And eat it and know that you can, you're going to have it again tomorrow. Because the restriction is partly why you're overeating, like I said before. So if you plan it into your day and you have it and you, you're, it's called exposure therapy because you're slowly exposing yourself to it. Maybe then, and this is the classic that I always think of, when you go out for dinner, you're not going to smash all the bread rolls. Because I definitely know that is something that I did. It's like, hey, out for dinner. Let's eat all the, the basket of the bread rolls. And most of the other people around the table would just be like, oh, I'm waiting for my dinner because I want to enjoy it. I'll fill up on rolls. And I was like, no, I want to eat all the bread. It's allowed, right? <laughs> but yeah, if you want um, any support and exposure therapy, again, send me a message. Otherwise, you can just Google it. But plan to eat that food every day. You might have one. You might have two. It kind of doesn't matter. But the point is you're planning it into your day and you're exposing yourself to it every day. And then you start to realize that actually it's not that scary after all. Um, And then the other thing is kind of checking in on yourself. So how often do you stop and kind of go, what do I need right now? Like, how am I feeling? You know, what am I, like, why am I eating? Am I hungry? Are my energy levels low? Is this food going to satiate me? Or am I eating because I've got calories left in my fitness pal? I'm sad. I'm happy. I'm anxious. You know, someone else is eating, so therefore I'm going to eat. My mum's made food. My nan's made a cake. I always talk about nan making a cake. You don't want to say no to Nan, (laughs) but you know, you might be eating because of the diet rules that you have. You might be eating because of a social occasion, like I've said, or friend or peer pressure. You know, all of these things aren't actually signals from your body to eat. So, and a lot, and if you have been a chronic dieter, 
you kind of, those messages, it's really difficult to understand them. And when I say messages, right, it's not like a sign or like a message in a, written on a piece of paper, you know, it's the, it's your, it's, it's feeling your body. So for example, if it's emotional, like if you're feeling an emotion, so if you've had a row with someone at work, I always talk about the work one. Um, if you've had an argument with someone at work and they've really wound you up, you might not even realize that's what it is, but you'll notice a pattern that you're, it always happens after an interaction. Like you always want to eat food after an interaction with a certain person. That might be how you notice the pattern. But my challenge there is if you go to town on the ice cream, like will the food actually make you feel any better or is your problem still there? And that involves self-compassion, right? So, for example, actually going, what do I need right now? So you might want to have the fries at every meal or a burger, you know, going back to the whole, if I give myself unconditional purity, I'll eat everything. But is that actually the best thing for you and your body? Like, does that align with your values? Probably not. Because you'll also probably get to a point where you feel good by, or you feel great within yourself and you know that actually when you choose foods based primarily on how they make you feel that you feel good and that's so that's body food choice congruence right you're choosing food that aligns with what comes from a place of self-respect so you look you're looking after your body you want to take care of it because you care about it you know, you're going to give your child good, like, you're going to give your child, you know, food that's a healthy, balanced meal, and you you deserve the same as well. You don't need to punish yourself with food. And you know that primarily when you're eating whole foods, high protein, lots of veggies, you feel good. It gives you energy. You sleep well. But you don't know any of these things until you start doing it. That's why you're not going to like go to town on the chocolate or the bread or the ice cream. That's why. But you actually have to be honest about it as well. And then the other piece is listening to your body's cues. So I mentioned it a little bit briefly before, but when you're relying on your internal cues and your internal choices. And by that, I mean noticing less about if you're hungry or not, but using the hunger scale. So how hungry actually are you? Are you, you know, the hunger scale goes from a zero to a 10. So rate yourself on the hunger scale before you eat. Rate yourself halfway through. Rate yourself at the end. Did you overeat? What are you, about an eight? That's pretty full. Are you okay with that? Or does that not make you feel so good? Maybe you went out for dinner. That's why you were, you ate a little bit more because it was really tasty. There's nothing wrong with it. It's totally okay. But it's just understanding that you are doing it and where, why you are doing it. So where is that coming from? Does it come from a place of care for yourself and, you know, the situation? Or is it because you dislike yourself and you don't think you deserve it? Fullness and satiety as well. So you can have stomach fullness and from a lot of kind of volume foods. So lots of 
veggies mostly, but you can have fullness. It isn't the same as the food being satiating. I'm rubbing my stomach as I say this, talking about fullness. Doesn't mean that that food is also satiating. Like you can have chicken and broccoli, you know, every day for a month, but you're probably going to go headfirst into peanut butter. I mean, this headfirst a lot. Probably going to go headfirst into the peanut butter as well because you actually need it to satiate you, and that usually comes with fats or carbs. And the other piece is mindful eating. So when you're eating, you're sitting at the table, you're giving yourself about 10 minutes to eat, you're using a knife and fork and putting the knife and fork down. You're not kind of, you're chewing your food, you're not speaking, so you're not taking in all that air as well. And you're tasting it and you're actually looking at your food and seeing what it is and why you've got it. And if you give yourself that time, you can actually go, I'm, I've had enough. And you can feed, leave food on your plate and come back to it later. You can put it in the fridge and come back to it later. So, and, and without distraction as well. That's the other piece. Put your phone away. If you're with family, have a conversation. You know, really enjoy the moment for what it is. And be present. Mindfulness is about being present. So be present. But yeah, so that is what unconditional permission to eat is. Allowing yourself all foods is. So there's quite a lot to it. It isn't just, I'm going to go on a rager on a burger and chips every day for the rest of my life. Like, you can trust yourself again because you used to. When you were a kid, you had unconditional permission to eat. You didn't have any food rules. You didn't have diet culture had done this to you well or that you'd read into you didn't have you didn't feel you needed to look or or be a certain shape or size to fulfill societal you know needs and wants or to get a job or find a boyfriend you just ate when you were hungry and you stopped when you weren't and you you didn't eat chocolate all the time you know i know i i know it can be super super scary but you haven't if you haven't tried it I challenge you to try it because if you don't test your beliefs and try and give yourself a new one you are always going to believe that story in your head so you know and if you continue to tell yourself you can't have a food you give that food the power and control you are a smart intelligent human being you have the power and control not the food So take that control back. And that is exactly how allowing all foods and unconditional permission to eat actually works. You really might surprise yourself. And it takes practice, right? You have to repeat and practice. But you have to really try and get in tune with your body as well. But just try it. What's the worst? Tell me what is the worst that's going to happen. If you try it for a week. So replace all those thoughts about you can't have it with all of the evidence that you can. And please do join in the conversation. As I always say, I would love to know what you think of this episode. As you know, I do absolutely love love and welcome hearing your stories. So tell me if you do try it, if you haven't been able to give yourself unconditional permission to eat before, 
or if anything that I has said has I have said has resonated with you, make sure you rate, review, subscribe, and share this podcast if you do love it. I love doing this podcast, which surprises me, to be honest, because I use a lot of words and <laughs> I've always been very aware that I use a lot of words, but I like being able to explain stuff a lot more on here. And I've had some great feedback from you guys, so I'm going to keep doing it. You can contact me on my website, coachingbyalice.com, my Instagram, coachingbyalice, or email me at alice at coachingbyalice.com. Thank you so much for being here. You are the reason that I do this. You are the reason that I spend my Friday night podcasting. Um, And... I welcome all of your feedback, as I said, and I will speak to you next time.